Hello, and welcome to the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. The podcast where we watch 31 horror movies throughout the hallowed month of October. Ranging from the critically acclaimed to film school projects gone gruesomely awry. And we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Sully Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. Hello, everybody. (laughs) That was creepy. (laughs) Well, today, it should be creepy because we watched a terrifying flick entitled... American Poltergeist. Now, there's a lot of American Poltergeists out there. This one is from 2015. None of the others are actually called American Poltergeist, so I don't know why all the searches I used had so much trouble with this, but this is the one that's actually called that, and it's from 2015, and it's a masterpiece. So... (laughs) I feel like you don't know what that word means. In short, this movie is about a bunch of idiots who do a bunch of garbage and then they're dead. That is an amazing summary of this movie. I mean, is it wrong? No. Okay. I mean, were they all dead at the end? Um, I kind of think they might be. No, Diana and (laughs) Officer Alvarez and and Taryn Taryn were all alive. Oh, there was a twist ending. I remember Uh the twist. Taryn slash Lizzie. Oh, what? Spoilers. We should let you guys know. These, we're going to be spoiling this movie. <laughs> and I hate to I mean, it. this movie spoiled itself. <laughs> it's but, spoiled rotten. But in the sense that we're going to give away secrets, information, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, we're going to do that. The pool was 15 feet deep. <laughs> it was. But spoiler, that doesn't matter <laughs> at all. It is completely irrelevant. But they told us. (laughs) Yeah, so biggest spoiler is that this movie takes place in the house where Lizzie Borden gave her father 40 wax. And a hundred years later, some other people got also killed. Killed some randos who happened to live there. And now, some undisclosed amount of time later, not a hundred years because it did not take place in 2092. Some more randos are getting whacked. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens. Not completely randos because Taryn is the remaining Borden. Borden. Yes. She is of the bloodline. Yeah. Which all, it all makes perfect sense. It's lore is what this is about. So here's the thing. What we've said so far If someone had described this movie, I would be like, I'm on board for this movie. Lizzie (laughs) Borden, the ghost of Lizzie Borden, is murdering people in the Borden house. The last remaining person in the Lizzie Borden bloodline comes back. Chaos ensues. This seems like an interesting thing. He's lured back by the person who owns the house. Absolutely. Like, I am there. A conspiracy with the police. I am there for this, like, ripped from the headlines slash... Lore. I mean, Lizzie Borden was a real person, was she not? Yeah, I think so. She had headlines a while ago. They weren't recent headlines. 1892, (laughs) to be exact. Yeah, if this movie is to be trusted. (laughs) No, here's the thing, though. That's like old-timey crimes that 
carry over and impact, you know, stupid teenagers now, that's a good horror story premise. But they ruined it by Did being they? terrible in every conceivable way. I'm trying to think of a way they weren't terrible. There is no way. I'll, I'll come up with it later. Yeah, no, you won't. I'm thinking. So let's start talking about the ways that this was terrible. Okay. What do you think is the biggest, most <laughs> terrible element of this movie? I think it's easy to say what is the biggest, most terrible element. Its name is Diana. <laughs> and she owns the house. Yes. And she... She's, I, I mean, okay, first, the idea is that she's supposed to be creepy. Like, she's trying to play yes. a creepy character. But her method of doing that is to move slowly and to not act. Yes, she had super flat affect and moved at three-quarter speed at all times. Which was so funny, just watching her walk across the room and the scene had to wait for her to get there. Right? And she would like... And and she had this thing, like, okay, not only did she not understand what made that scary. Like, that is a scary thing. Yeah. But she managed to do it in a way that was not at all scary and was just like, <laughs> is there something wrong with you? Are you okay? How many drugs are in your system right now? Yeah. But then she also, like, acting-wise, like like you said, you know, she, she walks out into the patio. She's giving them the tour. <laughs> yeah. These college kids who are going to move into this ginormous house where the housekeeper still or the homeowner still lives and is going to eat dinner with them every night and interact with them all the time. Like, that's definitely something five college kids would do. Pretty weird. Anyway, she's giving them the tour. She walks out to the patio by the pool and she's like, This is the jacuzzi and pool. It's 15 feet at its deepest. And she, like, does this slow-motion gesture toward it. And while we were watching, you said something about her being, like, a boat model. And it was sort of like that, only (laughs) if boat models were, like, 60 years old and had clearly been possessed by the Lizzie Borden demon at some point. She's this older woman who's ultra-botoxed up. Like, she's not the person for the role she was trying to play. She's just this... Like, L.A. housewife kind of character. Yeah. Actually, my theory about halfway through was that she had so much Botox in her system that it was it was actually paralyzing her entire body to <laughs> a certain extent. she had those convulsions. <laughs> in, in the bathtub. Two <laughs> the ones in the bathtub were crazy. <laughs> and then later she did it again. It was so weird. Yeah. I thought about the Botox. This is an important note. Okay. Uh, it doesn't really help our viewers because I don't believe we ever reviewed Landshark, even though it's our <gasps> favorite movie. Oh, but I thought... Maybe we need to do that this year. Maybe... If not for the Botox, she would have been doing heavy eyebrow acting. Oh. She was, like, trying, but they couldn't move. Uh-huh. She was, like, a good combination of the eyebrow actress and the shark counter because she had the same lack of ability to act as both of yes. them. And she was dumb as a post. Yeah, I, I actually had a note saying, holy crap, she gonna count sharks. <laughs> That's what I put. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Okay. So that was easily the most terrible. Like she was she had zero acting ability. Like none. Like like she was the kind of person who is probably a perfectly well, 
is probably largely normal in real life, but then gets in front of a camera and and like suddenly doesn't know how yeah, to move it was her like arms. That. She, like Ricky Bobby. Yes. Yeah. And she'd like walk into th- now, and this I'm not going to blame on her. Let's bring up the second most terrible thing about this movie, in my opinion, is the editing of this movie. Oh, the editing. And the directing. I have something to say about that. Because there were so many times when, like, she would walk into the room and then turn to face the camera (laughs) and then wait for everyone else to get to their mark. And then somebody (laughs) would start saying something. And I'm like, you guys... It's not supposed to be this obvious. Like it was like watching like a a high school play. Yeah, a poorly a done high school play. Because I'm going to tell you, the high school plays that my small town Minnesota <laughs> high school put on were infinitely better than the acting that was happening in this movie. Yeah, it wasn't just her. Everybody was very impressive. But yeah, but yeah, she stood out. But it was like the direct. It was so clear that the director was like, "Here are your marks. You're going to walk out here. You're going to turn this way." The magic of movie making is that people are pretending to be somebody that they're not and do things that they're not really doing, and you believe it. (laughs) Only in this case, at no point did I believe that anything was happening other than somebody was being told to do something that they weren't doing and be someone that they weren't. There was a lot of that, but you also mentioned, as far as editing, there were a couple of times where the movie would do something I've never seen before, where it would cut from a shot to the same shot like just (laughs) like the camera was tilted a little bit or the people had moved a little bit and like uh, you can't cut to what we're already seeing that doesn't make any sense you have to do like an over over or something change the angle it it made no sense so the editing and directing of this reminded me a lot of i think it was called anna the one we did last year the one we Mm -hmm. reviewed last year where those guys found the cursed doll and they were tricking a woman into coming to the house and they needed i forget why they wanted someone they were like feeding her to the doll yeah yeah like the doll needed somebody to possess or something and so they needed to trick this girl into being there and and the one dude was like a woman feels comfortable when there's a plate for her to eat on of delicious vegetables I'm like, what now? (laughs) That was so great. It was amazing. And this movie had a similar feel in that they both, like, you could tell that the scene was over. All the lines had been said. All the (laughs) stage directions had been followed. And the actor is just waiting for the the director to say cut. Yeah. But those seconds at the end, like just moments at the beginning and end of every scene were left there. That's the editing for you. No, you're supposed to cut that part off. Like, but again, same as with the other one. This was a very short movie. It was like, what, 75 minutes long? Yeah, about that. So I have to believe that they stretched every scene as much as they could because they weren't going to have a full length movie if they didn't. And I think I remember saying that same thing about Anna last yeah. year. Well, in, in Anna, this is, we shouldn't be discussing Anna, but <laughs> they actually use slow motion for that. Like, <laughs> yeah. they would put, like, at the end of a scene, when nothing interesting was happening, it would go into slow motion anyway. Yes. <laughs> and you'd yes. be like, there's no reason except to add time. So another similarity between Anna and this one, though, is the terrible, terrible writing. Yes. Like, I thought that was going to be your second oh, worst thing. Well, I mean... Uh, 
it's closely tied, I think. Yeah. But yeah, the you know, like Anna had that line about the plate, the plate of, vegetables of vegetables on and, which for her to eat. Right, like <laughs> and it, everything in that movie was written in a way where you're like, but that's not how words work. Like we don't put words <laughs> in that order in this language. What are you doing? And I felt the same way watching this movie. And I would like to share a couple of my favorite quotes I that I wrote down. Too. Okay, so first of all, at one point, Diana, this is like, uh, I don't know, two-thirds of the way through the movie, Taryn has realized that she is of the bloodline of Lizzie Borden. She's been super traumatized. Like, she realized it immediately. Like, yes. She's obviously very smart. She is. And Diana is explaining to her how this all came about. And Diana has, somehow is her, like, stepmother or something. I don't... Yeah. I, it wasn't super clear exactly she how it came about. She married her dad. Despite Diana's attempts at explaining it. Yeah. Possibly because of lines like this. Yes, John didn't have any children. He couldn't. You were his only child. <laughs> um... Huh? I mean, that's almost not being able to have any children. It's just off by one. Almost. So, yeah, like things like that where I'm like, okay, somebody along the line. Like, first of all, somebody wrote that line and thought, yep, that sounds good. And then somebody read it and was like, yep, let's make this into a movie. And then the actress said the line and was not at all confused by what she was being asked to say. Yeah. She was like, well, that's what they want me to say. And, and the editor is... Like, watched it, and we're like, yep, this all makes perfect sense. I don't think they spent a lot of time. No, I don't think, at any any one of those points. Another one that I really, really liked was, they have this birthday party for one of the girls named Nikki. Friends of Nikki's show up and reveal to her that she is staying in this murder house, right? Like, yeah. oh my god, my mom almost didn't let me come. My mom almost didn't let me come. These are college <laughs> kids. My mom almost didn't let me come to this party because it's a murder house. And Nikki yeah. is freaking out because, you know, nobody told her this before. Understandably so. So she asks her boyfriend, do you think this is really a murder house? And his response is, Could you stop spreading rumors that this is a murder house for once? For once? I mean, I'm sick of it at this point. I mean, the way he said it, it's not just that she's maybe asked him a couple of times, which, by the way, she had not. No, this was the first mention. But it's almost like it's been years yeah. in this relationship that every time anybody comes around, she starts spreading rumors that this house they've lived in for four days is a murder house. I mean, he is so put upon. That poor guy. In fact, I think it was the same guy who, okay, first I'll tell you what they're trying to say. You're pretending that Nikki has a sleep disorder so that we'll have to move back to campus because right. Taryn, the person talking, didn't want to have, didn't want to stay in this house anymore. Right. What he actually says is, This is meant to sound rational that you're blaming my girlfriend's sleeping disorder on getting us all back to campus. Wait, Which what? makes perfect sense. <laughs> no, you can't, but also that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Dear friends, <laughs> dear, dear writer friends, dear friends who want to be writers, editing is important. It's, it's so important. And I don't understand how things like this get made. 
because there are so many people writing good things who know what they're doing. That's frustrating. And are editing and are making quality work. And then this garbage gets created and somebody else's amazing piece just fades away into nothingness. Yeah. It gets rejected. To the point where that person who's writing amazing things stops writing, either because they get so disillusioned or because they have to eat, so they go get a job at, like, H&R Block or something. Yeah. Like, why does this happen? Ugh. It's the uh, James Patterson problem. Failing upward. Yeah. I mean, that, and they take up all the oxygen in the room. Yeah. And hire a thousand ghostwriters so that... It all counts as more James Patterson books. Oh, yeah. Don't get me started about that, dude. I really liked mm -hmm. what I will call the infamous car starting scene. Oh, yes. Me too. I think it's pretty well-renowned in Hollywood in general. It's the scene where Taryn wants to leave. She's just done. She gets her car keys. She goes out. She tries to start her car. It won't start. So she comes back inside, tells her brother, give me your car keys. And she's still holding her car keys, and she takes his, tries, goes outside and tries to start his car. It won't start. She comes back inside with both sets of keys, tells one of the friends, give me your car keys. Those cars won't start. Takes his keys, goes outside, tries to start his car. It won't start. She now has all the car keys, <laughs> and none of the cars will start. And the best thing is she comes back inside, and they're not even that concerned that none of their cars work. No, they're getting ready for the birthday party. They're like, they're not even doing things like inflating balloons. They're like literally those, those like paper mache thing, like they're flat. And then you open them up and you, you tape the two sides together and they become like a paper mache, ball. like disco ball yeah. sort of shape. They're doing that. They're very engrossed in turning those flat things into round things. This is going to be a rager. Yes. With the five extra people who are showing up. <laughs> and cocaine. Don't forget. Well, I mean, it was more of a rager than I expected, actually. Yeah. Those guys got real drunk and real messed up. Yeah. And then real dead. Yeah, I mean, it's possible there was no ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. It's very possible. So then that brings me to the terribleness that is the Lizzie Borden ghost that is uh -huh. haunting them throughout the movie. <laughs> Yes. Who at one point, like there are some times where the makeup on that was actually not too bad. Yeah, she looked fine. Like they had they this like weird her well. cracked skin thing going on and yeah. she was wearing an old timey looking outfit. And I, I actually, that probably was the highlight mm -hmm. of the whole movie. That is why there were two makeup artists on this movie. There was such a huge crew on this movie. <laughs> yes. It's crazy. It was like a real movie. I don't know why. Oh, somebody's dad has a lot of money. So she actually, like, when it was actually her, she looked pretty good. Mm -hmm. But there were multiple scenes at the beginning and, like, times where, you know, somebody's looking in the window. Where it clearly wasn't the actress playing Lizzie Borden's ghost. It was just, like, a wig on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then, like, early on... <laughs> Is that what it was? Yes. I mean, it was clearly not a living person, yeah. right? I don't know. My favorite with the ghost of Lizzie Borden was that she and Diana would 
stand right next to each other at various places around the house. Yes. And a couple of times, they would then march in lockstep forward. Yes. And it was scary. (laughs) (laughs) Again, it was that idea of like, this could be creepy if it were done correctly. And I'm not, I can't put my finger exactly on how it was done incorrectly, other than it just was not right. It wasn't working. right. (laughs) And clearly they didn't know how to make it work. And I'm not sure, like, I I guess I'm torn as to whether the people making this movie, like the director and editor, looked at it afterwards and were like, ah, it's it's kind of missing the mark, but, you know, we don't have whatever, time, funds, whatever, to go back Mm -hmm. and redo it. It's not quite right, but I don't know what to do differently. I can empathize with that. I can sympathize with that. Like, I know that feeling. Or if they did it and they were like, that is awesome. Yeah, that one, that one got me. Nailed it. Right here in the editing booth, I am freaking out. <laughs> right? I don't know. So many times, the kids were like screaming and running around and freaking out inside the house that was locked that nobody could get in or out of <laughs> because there were Lizzie Borden and Diana standing next to each other 50 yards away, staring <laughs> the in the window. window. Yeah. I'm like... You're safe. You're fine. Like, she's outside far away. If she moves, you'll see because she's in full light. Like, I don't know what you're so afraid of. Maybe the full light is part of the problem with that effect. It could be. It could be. And to be fair, it did become more obvious later that people could get in, but they couldn't get out. Like, the house was participating in this in a way and was letting, like, letting the ghost come in when it wanted to, but not letting them get out. So... Yes, it let Officer Alvarez in. And Officer Alvarez, at one point towards the end of the movie, he very, very clearly employs Joey from Friends's Did I Smell Something acting technique. (laughs) He, like, takes his glasses off, looks to the side, and he's using Did I Smell Something for drama. That's awesome. (laughs) He He went to the Joey School of Acting. I forgot that was a school, yeah. So, another thing about Officer Alvarez. He shows up at the beginning to strongly hint that there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, he talks to Diana, and it, the audience is made aware that there is an issue that the college kids don't know about. Fine. Then he disappears. Mm-hmm. He doesn't come back again until the end. And he's able to get into the house. The house lets him in after yeah. they've after it's, like, refused to let anybody leave. And he gets in, and he finds three college students... <laughs> That's right. Pinning, dragging an elderly woman, the owner of the house, down into the basement, taping her hands and feet with duct tape, and clearly, like, torturing whatever. Like, she is distraught. She's being held hostage, Yes, they are doing terrible things to her. What they're really trying to do is an exorcism, which we're going to get to later. Mm. But he he walks into this scene, right? And he just (laughs) watches. Yeah, he just stood there and he's like, you kids, Hmm. what are you doing? And at one point he says, you're lucky I don't arrest you all now. (laughs) As he continues to watch them. Torture this woman. And then one of them needed to go get something. I don't even remember what. And he just gets up and walks past the cop. He's like, hold on. I'm going to go get some stuff to torture this lady with. Like, I I mean, I don't even know. Like, I, I don't even know what to make of that. I don't understand how that, again, just like with the lines, I don't understand how that made it past so many people without somebody going, 
I think there's something wrong with this. Can we maybe look at this a little more closely? And maybe somebody did. And if that somebody's out there, you were right. But mm, I don't know. The exorcism. They tried. Did they? The demon was too strong. I mean, I think maybe the real problem there was that instead of getting someone who was trained in exorcisms... I feel like he must be trained at this point. They just had their friend, who was clearly very religious, because he went to church one time instead of going Uh, shopping with them. Every time they wanted to do something, he was busy with church. And he put a cross on his wall. Yeah. And he wore a cross necklace while he was getting trashed at the party. (laughs) Like, that dude was real drunk. Yeah. And he didn't even know what to do. They're like, well, clearly you're going to do this exorcism for us. And he was like, oh, I don't know. And the main character, the I forget what his name is, the brother, is like, well, you need your Bible and your cross. And I want to say he said holy water. Why would this dude have holy water in his bedroom? You think he doesn't have holy water? He's went to church at least three times in this movie. <laughs> Like, he's not even the one, like, the other guy is the one telling him what to do. But the fact that he has told us many times throughout the course of the movie that he goes to church means that he's the one to do the exorcism. That was the mistake right there. He didn't know what he was doing. I think it was going great until she broke through her bonds and violently (laughs) did the robot. (laughs) Or like, like if a mannequin came to life on, on Doctor Who. Yeah. Right? Like, it was that sort of acting. Yeah, it was. Mikey, this movie. Ratings. Well, I will say this in opposition to all the things we've said previously. This movie kept me quite entertained. I enjoyed it from beginning to end. (laughs) It was really fun. I just, I really like terrible movies a lot. I don't know that I can rate it highly as a result, but I'm tempted to go higher than what it deserves because it was fun. And really, I was totally engrossed for the whole thing, which is funny because a lot of these terrible movies are really boring and awful. And this one remained entertaining throughout. So... I think I will give it two 15-foot deep pools out of five. Okay. It's a fun one. Yeah. I took more notes on this movie than I've taken on any of the movies so far this month. (laughs) Well, there was a lot more to it. There was a lot going on. And it's it's possibly the shortest movie we've seen this month. (laughs) I think it is. There was a lot to react to, which would make this a great movie to watch. With a bunch of friends. Oh, yeah. And with the idea that you have no intention of actually watching the movie, you just want to, you know, shout and throw popcorn at the screen. Like, it's that kind of movie. And and yes, that is fun. It was a great palate cleanser for like, you know, for, for 75 minutes, I got to not think about terrible things. Well... I got to not think about terrible reality and instead got to, you know, mock terrible fiction. You have to go into it with that mentality, though, because it is actually painful if you're, like, trying to see an actual movie. That's true. It's, oh, again, the editing, the editing of the writing, the editing of the videography, like, it's all painful. So I am going to also give it to... 15-foot pools out of five. And one of the reasons is because they set that 15-foot pool up (laughs) and then did nothing with it. Yeah. Chekhov's 15-foot pool, man. If you're going to show the pool, be like, 
this pool is so much deeper than a normal pool than would be. any pool in the world. You have to do something with it. They didn't even get in the pool when they were in having a pool party. Yeah, they were scared by the fact that it was 15 feet deep. <laughs> and the only thing they did was like in the last, I don't know, 10 minutes of the movie, Nikki is outside, Taryn is watching her, and she gets yanked off camera and and it's implied that she has fallen into the pool. Yeah. We don't see it. Which, oh man, there was a whole thing about Nikki getting kind of possessed throughout the whole movie, but why? And it didn't no, matter. It didn't and, matter. I don't know. Didn't matter at all. There was so much, so much that didn't matter in this movie. So yeah, that's a big part. That That's a no-no to me. I don't yeah. like it. And there was a twist ending, but we'll, we won't spoil it for you. <laughs> was that a twist? Yeah. It was a big <laughs> twist. A shocking reveal yes. in the last seconds of the movie. It was insane. Yeah. So two out of five. Ooh, also, I would like to point out that the credits that rolled were also the <laughs> slowest credits I have ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. They just barely moved. I don't know why. <laughs> All right. We'll be back again tomorrow with some other interesting horror movie review. Hooray! I am talking this loud. I am talking this loud. As usual. Soli is loud. Mikey is loud. <laughs> <laughs> Was that good for my diaphragm? <laughs> Possibly. <clears throat> it's a good cure for the hiccups. <laughs> <laughs>